Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why is the hashtag take care of your chicken? Yes, hashtag take care of your chicken trending this morning on Twitter. And what does it have to do with this weekend's NFL games? We'll get to that in just a second on Champion Monday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. We'll get into the college football national championship game that happens tonight in New Orleans. We have the play-by-play voice of the Clemson Tigers. But we start this morning with life advice, and it usually comes from Ross Tucker, who is always solving your problems on parenting, on business, on relationships. But this morning, it comes from Marshawn Lynch, who gave some interesting life advice after the Seahawks loss and what could be the final game of the beast mode career. Listen. I've been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good when you get over there and you can do what the f*** you want to. So I tell y'all right now while y'all in it, take care of y'all bread. So when y'all done, you go ahead and take care of yourself. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals, cause look, we ain't lasting that long. Um, you know, I had a couple of players that I played with that, you know, what I mean, they no longer here no more. They no longer. So I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away, and you be able to do what you want to do. But I appreciate it. Thank y'all. Marshawn Lynch, after the loss, could that be the end of the career? I would think so. But Ross Tucker, look, a lot of people are laughing about that. Take care of your chicken. Um, I actually thought it was terrific advice, but I'm curious your thoughts as a former player yourself. Uh, Well, you know, Marshawn obviously doesn't usually talk all that much. So anytime he speaks at all, I think you're kind of interested, like, He doesn't usually want to talk. He doesn't usually have much to say. So what's he going to say? And I think a lot of people were eager to hear and listen to what he had to say. Um, I did like the advice of taking care of your body, taking care of your money, uh, your mentals. I think we know what he means there. The taking care of your chicken part, that's a unique one for me. Um, (laughs) I I don't know enough about that. Uh, Take care of your chicken. I mean, he he is... Talking about specifically like actual chicken, right? I think chicken is money. Chicken is bread, is cash, is money. But maybe I misinterpreted. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I I thought like he meant chicken. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean take care of your chicken? (laughs) I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I don't know. I got to Google that, I guess. Is that even on Google? Taking care of your chicken. That's interesting. Is that, is that real? Is that, is that like, have people been saying that Dave? That that's what that means? You know, 
It is a good point, and I think that's the beauty of listening to Marshawn Lynch. You can always just listen to it and interpret it as you will. I had never before heard the phrase, take care of your chicken, but let's ask the young kids, the millennials produced for us, and one of the millennials, Jake, says, chicken is money. So I think even though I'm old and not cool, I did interpret it correctly. And I actually heard a guy that's given some thought to the problematic careers um, guys he has known have had, like they've made bad financial decisions. They haven't taken care of their noggin. They haven't thought about putting away enough money. They're buying crap like Antonio Brown is, uh, Lamborghinis and giant homes and not making the right financial decisions. He talked about how comforting it can be to walk away from the game and know that you don't have to worry financially. I really actually thought it was as deep and as philosophical as I've ever heard him. And he goes into the locker room after the game, not his locker room, the Packers locker room, to a jersey exchange with Aaron Rodgers, who he played with at Cal. They signed each other's jerseys. It's interesting. We laugh so much about Marshawn Lynch and the Skittles, but I think deep down, and Aaron Rodgers said he was one of the best teammates he's ever had. I think deep down, this is a pretty deep guy in Marshawn Lynch. Just a side we don't often, often discuss. Yeah, and you know what? It seems like all his teammates always love him. And he's done a lot of pretty savvy things off the field. He's done some great things in the community in Oakland. He's obviously made a bunch of money off the field with some of his different endorsements and commercials and stuff. So I think uh, I think he's a real inspiration to the people in particular of Oakland, where he's from. And I think it's amazing. I, I cannot believe that I didn't realize chicken was money. Uh, I'm feeling real bad right now. You realize that. The millennials realize that. Uh, that might be a Twitter poll question. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Dave Briggs TV, at RDC Home and Home. Probably doesn't speak real well of me that I did not know that taking care of your chicken was taking care of your money. I, I really just thought uh, that there was a huge affinity for chicken, which I do have. I just want to make sure that... <laughs> and and to be clear i had never heard the phrase that was just my interpretation as i heard marshawn lynch describing his advice ross tucker's immediate thoughts clearly went to chick-fil-a so we understand i mean you love yourself some chicken and and we both love ourselves some chick-fil-a just about more than anybody else i did think Marshawn Lynch's presence in that game really was the difference maker between Seattle and Green Bay. And we'll get to Aaron Rodgers, but that lack of a running game really is the difference for Seattle down the stretch and in this game. Not having Chris Carson, not having Rashad Penny. If they had either of those players, let alone both, I think you might be looking at a clash of the Titans in the NFC, and I think they easily would have taken care of Green Bay, but that is a team that you're just sitting back and saying, what can Russell Wilson do? And he almost pulled this one off. If he had one more possession, you got a feeling that Wilson would have pulled it off. Marshawn Lynch gets 12 carries. Yes, he gets two touchdowns. He is cooked. But was it that lack of a running game that really spelled the end of the Seattle season? No, you know what, Dave? I'm going to go the other way on this. Uh. I, I think you can make an argument that Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer, and really I think Brian Schottenheimer 
is on some level doing Pete Carroll's bidding. I think that they stuck with the run too much. You know, their offensive line's not very good. Their running backs right now are not very good. And they didn't really get it going until they let Russ cook in the second half. And my takeaway was let him let him play. Let Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson things. And that if they hadn't tried to commit to the run so much or they hadn't wasted those snaps by running it when instead they could be throwing it with Russell Wilson, that they would have won that way. That that was the biggest difference. I think it was trying to establish the run game hurt the Seahawks more than a lack of it. Oh, actually, I completely agree with you there. I think they, they had too much dedication to the run. I would, I would acknowledge that. I would agree with you there. I just think if they had a healthy uh, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, this would have been a different game. Yeah, 12 carries is too many for Marshawn Lynch. That's more than Dalvin Cook or Mark Ingram got on the weekend. And Marshawn Lynch is cooked. He should be serving those tequila shots. He's great from a yard or two out, but he should be back serving tequila shots or whatever he was doing before he was signed. Yeah, Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer, really, you want to see Russell Wilson putting up numbers like Lamar Jackson where he threw the ball 59 times in that game. Seattle's going to clearly regroup. They've got a healthy ball uh, backfield coming back next year. What about Aaron Rodgers? That seemed to be the performance. And by the way, our poll at RDC Home and Home, what game did you enjoy the most? It, it would make sense that Seattle and Green Bay was number one because it was the only close game on the weekend. But no, it is it is right now third place in terms of the game you enjoyed watching the most when theoretically you would think that would be number one. Aaron Rodgers dropping dimes, two minutes, 12 seconds left in the game. He audibles and he has Devontae Adams change the route. And it was a picture perfect pass from Rodgers who threw some of the best balls of his career in this game, a bold choice, Ross Tucker, to let Devontae Adams beat you. What do you make of the coaching decision and the defensive effort by Seattle? Just letting Devontae Adams have his way. Uh, he just shredded him. Eight, 160, and two touchdowns. Stunning. Stunning, Dave. And I thought uh, a big knock on Pete Carroll and Ken Norton Jr., the defensive coordinator. I know they didn't want to allow the Packers to really be able to run the football on him. But Devontae Adams was wide open a lot, Dave. I mean, he totally ate them up. Now, I will say this. I think Matt LaFleur, who for whatever reason doesn't seem to get that much credit, that's 14 football games he's won. He's in the conference championship game. I think Matt LaFleur deserves a bunch of credit because he comes from the Shanahan tree. And he comes from the belief in trying to get the ball to your best player and scheming, designing plays to get it in his hands. That's what Kyle Shanahan did with Andre Johnson in Houston and Julio Jones in Atlanta. And now he does it primarily with George Kittle, but a little bit Debo Samuel now in San Francisco. That is what LaFleur did. He did a nice job of getting Devontae Adams different motions, different formations. He lined up different places, and it really helped the Packers quite a bit get him open. But in my mind, the Packers 
still benefited from the Seahawks not having a better plan and not doubling Devontae. And what a terrific coaching matchup it is between LaFleur and Shanahan uh, next weekend. Both of them born within a month of one another. They've shared three stops together. They're both 40 years old. And you talk about the LaFleur credit in his first year. Has a few people in Dallas this morning scratching their heads wondering, wait a minute, Mike McCarthy leaves Green Bay and Matt LaFleur coaches them into the championship game in his first year. So some people in Dallas, some of the Cowboys fans are a little bit concerned about the addition by subtraction of Mike McCarthy and are having a little buyer's remorse this morning. But on our friends, friends 107, the fan in Milwaukee, they're not talking about LaFleur and they're not even talking about Aaron Rodgers, who was vintage, who was spectacular dropping dimes in this game. They were talking a lot about Jimmy Graham, who clinched the win with the big catch and a lot of argument on whether that was or was not a first down, which ultimately ended the game. You saw Pete Carroll furious at the end of the game. He did not agree with the spot. Let's get back to the radio.com red zone in Milwaukee, 105.7 The Fan. Down the stretch, when you needed the offense to soak up more of that clock it was a little harder than maybe what it should have been yeah we all as Packer fans had to sweat that one out and I know some of you a thought crossed my mind at one point that please don't choke please don't choke please don't choke please don't do this again against Seattle please 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 don't make this the Russell Wilson game we are old one from the NFL all the way back to the failed Mary man we are old ones, so I hope all I hope all roads say that Jimmy Graham was short on that first down. I hope so. I'm glad. I'm glad ESPN put that out. Not only the Green Bay Packers, but all of us here in the state of Wisconsin, we're owed that victory last night from the Seattle Seahawks. When we were watching the game, we're looking at that first down marker because, again, they always say that the yellow line is unofficial, right? But we always believe that it is official because in this day and age, that's just how we watch football. And that's how we're looking at it on TV. We're not really looking up at the top of the camera to see where the actual first star marker is. We're looking at the yellow line. Andrew Brandt was the first one to show this. He put this out there. And if you look at the camera and you look at where the yellow line was, the yellow line was literally half a yard ahead of the first down marker. This shouldn't go down as like a fail Mary game. The the refereeing, the, the, that's not why the Seahawks lost this game last night. And even, again, even if he was short, it was going to be fourth and an inch. Pete Carroll's talking like they would have not only had the ball after that play, but would have won the game. None of that is, is known. The Packers still would have had the football, and it would have been fourth and an inch, and they probably would have gone for it. And I'm going to assume that they would have got it. The radio.com red zone continues 1057 the fan in Milwaukee always available on the radio.com app and that's what we get here on home and home a unique perspective from the home markets after a win after a loss we heard the positivity in Baltimore and Ross that's a real surprise to me in Milwaukee that they were even talking about the Jimmy Graham first down to end the game I felt like Aaron Rodgers is the guy that we remember is one of the greatest of all time but no that play didn't really strike me at the end of the game. I thought it was a first down. I thought the right call was made because Jimmy Graham's knees were not down, but they also liked the shot at Seattle. What do you make of that take there on 105.7? 
Well, I think a lot of people thought that Jimmy Graham was down short of the line to gain because of the yellow line, you know, because of where the television broadcast had the yellow line and people were taking pictures of that and saying, look, he's short. What are you talking about? I think he got it. I think the yellow line was a decent amount off on that, but that was the controversy that there seemingly is often in the NFL. And after the game, Pete Carroll said, I thought he got it. So that just kind of feeds the controversy. So I'm not surprised that they're talking about it. But I do think Aaron Rodgers deserves a lot of credit. You know, we've talked about it. He's not talked about this season as being one of the elite quarterbacks. And it's almost like people have forgotten about him. He made a number of clutch throws last night, especially – on that last drive, that throw to Devontae Adams was beautiful. And the one to Jimmy Graham, both of those, they needed that to clinch the win. He deserves a lot of credit. But again, Dave, you know the way Sports Talk Radio is going to be. You're going to talk about the things that are more controversial. I mean, what are you going to say? Aaron made two awesome throws. Cool. There's not much of a debate <laughs> a dialogue to be had there. Well, I think the debate and the dialogue would be who's the better quarterback coming out of that game. And you clearly believe it's Russell Wilson. I actually agree with you. Aaron Rodgers is just a polarizing figure. And it's surprising given the season in which he threw for 4,000 yards and only four interceptions. He has been brilliant this season, but remains one of the more polarizing figures in the NFL. There's not a necessarily consensus that, that he is one of the greats of the game, despite the stats that he continues to put up. Um, Gushin will continue about Aaron Rodgers. They take on the Niners 640 on Sunday night, and we haven't gotten to that game yet. We certainly will break down the San Francisco dominance over Minnesota, how they too, much like Tennessee, just imposed their will, and cram the ball right down the throat of the Minnesota Vikings, even though it looked like they probably could have thrown their way to a win given the opening drive from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's still to come. Also, we're going to get to the Clemson play-by-play voice, Don Munson, on the Tigers. Well, they're both the Tigers on Clemson's chances tonight in the National Football uh, College college Football Championship. Why is is, is Clemson being overlooked in this game? Trevor Lawrence has never lost a college football game. He'll tell us what matchup is most important tonight against LSU after a quick break. But first, ZipRecruiter. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they do not stop there. They have this powerful matching technology. I don't know how they got it. They came up with it. And they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then invite them to apply to your job. As those applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, Our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Is college football's national championship game just like Rocky IV? 
Rocky versus Drago in Russia. Well, Dabo Sweeney thinks so. We'll talk about that in a moment. Also get into the Vikings and Niners game. Did Minnesota get outcoached? And should you be worried if you are a Cleveland Browns fan after watching that game? It's a championship Monday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. You must. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That is not the process that the Cleveland Browns used to hire their new head coach. He's Kevin Stefanski. We'll talk about that later in the program. I'm Dave Briggs in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's on the road in Nashville getting ready to talk to a whole bunch of college coaches from across the country. They'll certainly have some conversation about tonight's national championship game between the two Tigers. It's LSU and Clemson. So Munson is the play-by-play voice of the Clemson Tigers and joins us on the program. Don, great to have you on the show. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker here. I love how Dabo Sweeney can motivate his team, but this one, that Clemson playing LSU in New Orleans is like Rocky fighting Drago in Russia is the mother of all stretches. It is less than 600 miles from Clemson all the way to New Orleans. What did you make of that analogy in terms of the home field advantage? Well, I, that was classic Dabo Sweeney is what that, believe me, is. as long <laughs> as I've been around him, it, it didn't shock me in the least to hear him say it. And, and maybe there is a little, little bit of truth. I mean, it's only, what, 55 miles from, from LSU's home campus. And, you know, you you walk into New Orleans, and it's 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 definitely purple and gold. There's, there's no doubt about that. And they'll – There'll be about 20,000 Clemson fans in the stadium, and there'll be probably about 50,000, you know, LSU fans in the stadium. So it'll it'll be a it'll definitely be field home field advantage for LSU. So Don, I want to take a little bit of a of a big picture approach about the Clemson program because I can remember, I guess it was 10 years ago at this point, where Clemson always had a lot of talent, always had a lot of guys going to the NFL. I played with a bunch of Clemson guys. But Clemson was known as going eight and three, seven and four. They were known as having a lead and then blowing it. I mean, people use the term Clemsoning when a team would blow it or a talented team would lose to somebody that they shouldn't. What changed? Like, how did Dabo flip that? Why do they no longer Clemson it anymore? Oh, because of William Christopher Sweeney. Uh, don't they, you know, I, I actually keep a Meineke Car Care Bowl tumbler in my office. 2010, uh, we go to Charlotte to play South Florida. A 6-6 six and six Clemson team goes to Charlotte to play South Florida and loses that game uh, to South Florida, loses that bowl game, and so finishes 6-7. and seven. But I will tell you this, Coach Sweeney walks into the media room and for the press conference afterwards and looked at the media and said, listen, I know that this, you know, this season did not go as we wanted to. It didn't end here the way that we wanted it to. But I have seen things in this, in this program and from these kids that make me believe that we are about to embark on the greatest decade in Clemson football history. Well, the greatest decade in Clemson football history was actually the 80s. They won 87 games throughout the 1980s. All right, that's, that's pretty good. But he eclipsed that two years ago. He, you know, he, he won 87 games, forget, you know, two years ago. But it's because of the vision, it's because of the belief, it's because of the culture uh, that 
that Dabo Swinney has brought that's just changed everything. Talking to Don Munson, the play-by-play voice of the Clemson Tigers, Dabo Swinney certainly has changed the culture and love the the constant chip on his shoulder that he brings to the entire uh, team and, and the culture around Clemson. What's the biggest thing that's being overlooked about this Clemson team? You know, it's, I guess it's been so ripped apart and, you know, and, and analyzed. I don't know that anybody is, is really overlooking anything much for either of these teams, to be, be perfectly honest with you. I guess maybe the biggest thing is that people don't realize is if I were to ask you who's had the best in college football, who's had the best offensive numbers since, August, since October the 1st, do you know the answer? Well, I think you gave it away, but I would have said LSU. It's Clemson. Clemson's had the best offensive numbers since October the first. Uh, so, and, and LSU is number two. So you know you have two of these high-powered offenses that are going at one another. So probably the most overlooked thing is probably both these defenses that are that are coming in because LSU, I think defensively, they were a little banged up to start the year. They've gotten the you know gotten kids back. Obviously, the the addition now of Divinity in this ball game is going to also make a mark uh, for for LSU. So. I think that probably the most overlooked, not just for Clemson, but also for LSU, is probably the defensive side of the ball. Don, what's so great about Clemson? I mean, they're, they're getting what's seemingly... So, what's so great every, about Clemson? Well, they're getting seemingly every recruit they want to get now. All kinds of kids are going down <laughs> there. Like, like I, I've never been there. I want to go. But what is so great about Clemson? Well, that that's part of it right there. Coach Sweeney always talks about and always tells his staff and support personnel, we all we got to do is get kids to agree to come on a visit to Clemson, and then it will sell itself. And it does that. It absolutely, it does that. You you get and now obviously, I think it's particularly in this day and age, kids want to go where they can win, and Clemson's winning it at a great high level, winning national championships, playing you know now here in their their fourth national championship game in five years. That's the secret sauce uh, right there. If, you know, it's like the old field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Well, they're coming, and they're coming in droves. <laughs> what is there about Trevor Lawrence that, that the nationalized fans and the media like don't get to see? What makes him unique? Well, I think that the biggest thing that makes and this is something that I've seen from him ever since he stepped on campus, is that he never takes a step back. I mean, it's, it's incredible. He's always making a step forward. Even when he faces adversity and even when things have gone against him, there's a, there's a great line that is used within Clemson football. We're all going to fail. We're all going to face adversity and we're all going to fail. But when you fail, make sure you fail forward. Don't get knocked backwards. Use it to your advantage and fail forward. That, that's been one of the, the greatest things that I've seen from Trevor. He's always taking that step forward. And it's sometimes that step is much bigger than it is at other times, but it's always a step forward with him. That's unique. That that is that is very uncommon, uh, and that's that is the trait that I think is probably Trevor Lawrence's biggest asset. What's it like now in Clemson, uh, Don? Just in terms of, I saw where recently it might have been this year where Dabo Sweeney, I could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated by the fans that weren't happy. Was that last year that they didn't beat South Carolina by enough? I mean, with all the success they've had, what's the conversation like now? I mean, it really feels like if they don't win the national championship, 
it's a disappointing season. <laughs> well, I, it, you're right. It was last year after the South Carolina game. They won 56 to 35, and there were there were some there were some fan base that were that were complaining. And he got a little salty uh, after that. But as we have found out throughout the years, a salty Dabo Sweeney is usually a good thing. That, that usually means that uh, his team is going to play very very focused, and and certainly they they did that the way they went through the ACC championship game and then semifinals in the national championship uh, last year. But I think that's that's going to be common of any fan base. You know, you you get to rolling along like this, and you get a little fat, and you get a little happy. Uh, you know, and that that you you can never be satisfied, never be satisfied with where you, with where you are. You always have to be that as as coach likes to say, that windshield mentality where you're looking at just the stuff that is just right in front of you. You can't look way down the road. Forget the rearview mirror because that's all said and done. There's nothing that you can do about that. But just take care of today. Be your best today give me the best that you can give me today that's all that he asked for and that's what he'll he'll tell his kids i know uh today in pregame he'll he'll look at him in the locker room and guys i just want you to give me whatever is your best today if, if after this game you can come to me and say that hey you got my best today then whatever the outcome is he can live with that Special leader talking to Don Munson, Clemson play-by-play voice. I've got my eyes on those three LSU receivers, Chase Jefferson and Marshall. I think the best group in the country, though Clemson probably number two on that list. To you, what is the most important matchup on the football field tonight that will settle this football game? I'm going to go offensive lines. That's where I think this game gets decided, is is which offensive line can reestablish a line of scrimmage or can protect their quarterback. I, I think it's I think it's just that simple. And it's usually those guys are the unsung heroes. Nobody talks about them. Uh, and you've got two of the better offensive lines in all of college football that are going to be on on this field. And so those offensive lines can take care of business. Then that's what leads their team to, to a championship. So my question is somewhat similar, Don. Other than Trevor Lawrence. Which player is most important to Clemson's success tonight? And which player has been most responsible for their success this year other than the quarterback? Oh, I think it's Travis Etienne. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Clemson's almost unbeatable when they run for 200 yards. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to run for, for 200 yards, but if they can get to that magic mark against a very, very good LSU uh, defense, then I think that is, that's absolutely huge. Uh, for them. ETN was the difference against Ohio State, and I think he can be the difference against LSU here in his home state. Last one for me, Don. What happens tonight, man? Uh, you, I know you're the play-by-play guy for the Clemson Tigers, but you're also objective. Do you think that they get it done, or do you think it just happens to be LSU's year, and it's too hard to win in the Superdome and too hard to win back-to-back? Well, I'll go Rocky three on you. I always use, I'll go Clubber Lang on you. You know, people ask me to predict these things. My prediction, pain. Uh, that's, that's, that's where I like to go. You know, I, no, none of us know what's going to happen. I can tell you that both teams are prepared, that both teams should go out there and play well, that it's going to be, you know, a turnover, a defensive stop, you know, a big play, something, you know, is, will, will end up turning this uh, thing in, in whoever's favor. Last year, I think the pick six that happened – Right there at the beginning of the game that got Clemson on the board was huge for them. Um, so, And Clemson is also a team, they score first 
they are I think they're 50 and 0 uh, now when they score first. Just something simple as that uh, under Coach Sweeney. So um, those those would be the things that that I kind of would look at uh, from a determination factor if Clemson is going to be victorious here tonight. It was also a Rocky-like upset over the weekend when Clemson basketball <laughs> beat North Carolina. Don Munson, you were on the call for that one as well. we got to play for you real quickly before we go. Here is Roy Williams after the Tar Heels' stunning defeat. I told him if I die tomorrow, I've had some great, uh, great moments as a coach, and I'd say that right now this is my lowest one because – Losing this game was my fault. Uh, told them if I die tomorrow, for 20 years from now, that'll be the biggest uh, regret I have in 32 years as a coach. Because these kids really need to win. And their coach let them down today. I tell Bubby she probably fired him. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. A coach is supposed to help his kids. So that's the Hall of Famer Roy Williams after losing to Clemson. Says he should be fired. Worse than his 32 years. What's so devastated one of the greats of the game? Well, the streak was important to North Carolina. If you don't, if you don't think that it was important to, to North Carolina, then you just... You know, you just hadn't watched the, that streak that much. The building is always packed when Clemson came in there. You had some of the great Carolina greats that would always show up for the ball game and be there just to make sure that the, the streak did stay intact. You know, and for them to blow a 10-point lead coming down the stretch is very un-Carolina-like. Uh, and so, you know, I, 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 and then also I think Coach, Coach Williams doing a little bit about what coaches do in those situations. When they lose a big game like that, they put the onus on themselves and take it off the players, which I think was, is what every coach uh, should do. So I, I think that all that – but if you don't think that it was important for North Carolina to keep that streak alive, then you just don't understand the, the streak. And for Clemson to end it, obviously, was, was a huge thing. They've been going on yeah. since January 15, 1926. All right? So it had, it had been out there for quite a while. and. Uh, I'd, I'd always told all my friends, my wife and stuff, I hope that I'm on the mic when it ends and I've got to be able to check one off on my uh, bucket list. A streak that goes back to 1926. Great perspective on that college basketball game and on the national championship game tonight. Best of luck to the Clemson Tigers taking on LSU tonight. Don Munson, really appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always good to spread a little gospel to the Clemson Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> I love it. I love the uh, the atmosphere, the culture that Dabo Sweeney has created. Back to the NFL now on a culture and an atmosphere that Kyle Shanahan has built in a hurry at 40 years old. Again, back to a game in which a team exerts their will, crams it down the throat of an opposing defense and says, here's how we're going to beat you. We are going to pound you. 47 carries, 186 yards, two rushing touchdowns. It looked to me like the San Francisco 49ers against the Minnesota Vikings could have done it either way. They threw the ball right down the field on the opening drive, Ross. Uh, Jimmy G was five of six, four different wide receivers. It was kind of pick your poison, but in the end, 
This is how San Francisco wants to beat you. They want to shove it down your throat, and there was nothing Minnesota could do about it. Did they get outcoached in this one? Yeah, I mean, they got outplayed and outcoached. That was an awesome game by the Niners, and very surprising, Dave. I mean, you know, one of my recommendations last week. Now, truth be told, I was up two units for the weekend. I had a good, I had a good weekend. I had one unit on the Chiefs laying the points, one unit on the Titans getting the points, two units on the under in the Titans-Ravens game, which I was a little bit nervous about, especially when the Titans scored 28 points, but the Ravens only scored 12. But I lost two units on the Vikings. I like the Vikings getting the points. The Niners had not beaten anybody by more than one score in a long time. I mean, a really long time. So to think that they would be able to do that to this Vikings team, I didn't see it, and I was wrong. I mean, if you think about it, Dave, Kirk Cousins uh, had the nice throw to Thielen, then they threw it deep to Diggs, picking on Witherspoon. But other than that, the Vikings couldn't do anything. I, I mean, it was a really impressive performance by the Niners' D-line, and they're loaded, and that's the position you need to be loaded at. Even though I played O-line, Dave, I tweeted it, at Ross Tucker NFL, you're at Dave Briggs TV. Of course, we are at RDC, home and home. Hope everybody's already following us, but D-line's the second most important position. I mean, quarterback obviously is one, but D-line, you watch Bosa and Buckner and Armstead and D-4 just coming at Kirk Cousins in droves and lighting up that Vikings offensive line, it was very impressive what they were able to get done. And then on offense, they were able to run it. You know, the D-line hadn't been that impressive in six weeks. They hadn't run the ball that well in six weeks. It was like the Niners from the first half of the season. And I think getting D Ford, Quan Alexander back healthy certainly helped that. I mean, the Vikings, before that last garbage drive, they had less than 100 yards of offense for the whole game. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. And they had opportunities in the, in the first half that they dropped. I mean, Eric Hendricks gets that pick. You need a touchdown there. Vikings didn't cash in on their opportunities. Mm. Niners beat them up front, both sides of the ball. That was the story of Saturday. I mean, Saturday's theme was the team with the better big boys and the big boys that played better won physicality dominated the day 10 carries 21 yards for the minnesota vikings and dalvin cook one of the better running backs in the nfl throughout this regular season he has been a force and kirk cousins works off of the play action they could not establish the run which which shut that offense i too thought minnesota with the seven points that was the safe bet because to your point san francisco had been playing close games down the stretch and their defense had been gashed but boy did they change the narrative? And I thought the game broke in the third quarter. Richard Sherman makes an incredible interception, showing you once again he is the best cover man of the game today. At least the numbers say he is on pro football focus. Their number one cover corner on the season. And then the next possession, San Francisco says, here's what we're going to do to you. We are going to, again, exert our will. Eight straight runs right down the throat of Minnesota, 24 to 10, and that game was good-nighted. Back to Sherman now. 
who is much like Dabo Sweeney, who we talked about before, always has that chip on his shoulder. And boy, did that come through the microphone after this huge Niners win, moving them on to the championship round. Listen to Sherman. It was man, it was man coverage. You know, I, I, I get tired of hearing, oh, man, he's a zone corner. I get tired of hearing the excuses for why I'm great. It was man coverage. I covered the man. I picked the ball off. In the playoffs, in big games, I show up. I show up year in, year out, it, whether it's 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Unless I tear my Achilles, I'm out there and I'm doing my job at a high level. And I think I get tired of the excuses, you know, for why, why I'm good. Oh, my God, they're playing zone. Oh, my God, it was this guy. Oh, my God, it, it, receiver slipped. Oh, my God. It's, it's like, why, why don't other people get those ops then? You know what I mean? There's a lot of other corners out there who have the same ops I have, you know. It's, it's odd. It's, it's, it's like people – got frustrated that I was so confident early on in my career. I was so confident early on so that people wanted me to fail. And when I didn't fail, it's like, how do we tear him down in other ways? How do we find a way to tear him down? You know what I mean? How do we find a way to rip his game apart? Because I'm too consistent on a year-in, year-out basis. You know, since I got in the league, every category that matters to a corner, I'm number one in. Completion percentage, interceptions, touchdowns against, yards, like completion percentage, passer rating. You know, if, if that was any other corner, it wouldn't even be a conversation. Um, but, you know, I just get tired of it. You know, I, in, the, in the playoffs, I, I played in 13 games now. Zero I mean, zero touchdowns given up, three interceptions. Like, show me somebody else doing it like that. And, and then I'll, I'll enjoy the argument. You know what I mean? But there isn't. That's the great corner, Richard Sherman, courtesy our friends at 95.7 The Game of the Barrier. You can catch them always on the radio.com app. The greats do that. Teams, players, and coaches. The New England Patriots always find a chip on their shoulder. Even when no one's doubting them, they find someone who is doubting them. Dabo Sweeney talked about Clemson. Playing in New Orleans is like Rocky fighting Drago in Russia. And now Richard Sherman. This is what the greats do. They find a chip, they put it on their shoulder, and they're out to prove everyone wrong. Look, I haven't heard that, Ross. I've heard a lot of accolades going Richard Sherman's way this season. Seasons past, yes, there was a lot of doubters for Richard Sherman. But is this exactly what you need to do when you're Sherman, is believe that everyone doubts you? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Yeah, listen, it is hard, I think, when you've made a lot of money, you've had a lot of success, to continue to stoke that fire. It's almost like, Dave, we talked about last week with Tom Brady's statement where he said he still has more to prove. And you should see, I tweeted, Dave, at Ross Tucker NFL, I tweeted that Tom Brady thinking he still has more to prove is why he's Tom Brady. You should have seen some of the responses to that tweet. You know, egomaniacs often feel that way. I feel bad for him. He has a sickness. Like, it was It was really interesting and entertaining to read some of the responses from people that simply could not understand or fathom that Tom Brady still felt like he had more to prove. And really, some of the negativity that was spewed I thought was shocking. I, I think there are people that just aren't capable of looking at it that way. And they don't have that inner determination. They don't have that inner drive that Richard Sherman has. But I really appreciate it. I love that Richard's like that. I am extremely impressed that he has come back to play this well at this age after that Achilles tendon tear. I will say this. I'm kind of tired of hearing him talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't really care for his style it feels like he's kind of always, I don't want to say playing the victim, but it's like, I almost feel like I've seen this movie so many times, Dave, and I'm bored, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, dude, get another, like, can we not, like, I, I guess the point that bothers me about it a little bit is they just won the game. It was a huge game. First conference championship game. In for the Niners in a long time, since 2012 or 13, whatever year that was. And here we are really talking more about Sherman's comments and his individual performance than we are the team itself. So I like that he feels that way. I like that he's able to stay motivated, hungry, and determined. I think that's great. Good for him. You know what? Good for him. But... I get tired. You know, he kept saying, I'm tired of people making excuses for why I'm so good. I'm tired of people making excuses for why I'm good. I'm tired of him being tired of other people. I'm tired of him giving credence to the critics. I'm tired of him always making it about him. And I'm tired of his rants. I find myself having the same reaction, but it works for him. It works for Brady. It works for Sweeney. It works for the Patriots. And back to the Brady comments, I, for one, thought 
that there is something he has to prove and that said he can win without Bill Belichick. But per Richard Sherman, I too get a little bit tired of it because what we like to hear is guys like Derrick Henry, who what do they do? Constantly deflect the praise who never make it about them. Derrick Henry just rushed for 195 yards and didn't want to make the story about him. But look, it works for Richard Sherman. He is a he is a shown corner, and that is a big problem next weekend if you are facing off against the 49ers, and if you are a team that heavily leans on one wide receiver named Devontae Adams. So that matchup will be in the spotlight. For all the divisional games that were in the spotlight, we asked you at RDC Home and Home, what was the game you enjoyed the most? And it was the Chiefs over the Texans. 47% of you said that. 35%. Very surprisingly, in second place was the Titans over the Ravens at 35%. That game was an absolute blowout. Third place Packers over the Seahawks, even though that was the closest game. And only 6% take Richard Sherman's 49ers over the Vikings. We'll talk about what this might mean to you, the Vikings loss, if you are a Cleveland Browns fan and you just hired the Vikings offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, are you a little worried this morning in Cleveland? We'll talk about that tomorrow on a Tuesday home and home. We'll also break down the national championship game between LSU and Clemson. Enjoy your Monday for Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. See you tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.